0: hello and welcome back to the thunkin philosophers podcast this is episode 10 a thunkin riot my name is brandon i'm joined here by blake and isaac and today we're going to be continuing our conversation on policing blake why don't you lead us in
1: in our most recent episode regarding policing in the U.S., we addressed some of the systemic uh, issues involved relating to it. We got to hear a bit from Isaac about his average day at work and some of our shared opinions about the overstressed and expanded role of the police in our modern society today. We are actually going to switch it up a little bit, mostly in light of recent events at the Capitol. So we're going to get some Different opinions. A little bit of extra research we tried to put into it. So we're going to start this off by essentially stating: Did the police treat differently uh, the groups that were involved at that riot, as opposed to something pretty recent? Like we can compare it to the Lafayette uh, riots on June first. It was June first.
0: The protests at Lafayette Square. Yeah, on yeah. June on June first, twenty
1: twenty. Yeah, yeah protest is a better word. That's right.
0: When uh, Trump. What like cleared the cleared the protesters from the in front of that church mm-hmm. that he wasn't invited to to for hold up photo for a really weird photo op of him oh, holding God. A, holding a bible up backwards
1: yep I,
2: that even yeah. made christians cringe myself being one like something about this just not does not seem right
1: and we have some specific examples we'll be able to point to later um, but we wanted to kind of dive into mainly the actual response to the riots that erupted during the inauguration.
0: Wait, what happened during the inauguration? <laughs>
1: oh, sorry, not during the the uh, <laughs> confirmation is the yeah. better word. The uh,
0: the certifying of the certifying of the electoral votes. Yes, our complicated electoral system. <laughs> our. our which we all love, as mm-hmm. as uh, anybody who's been listening to the show knows, we are big fans
1: of the Electoral College. Absolutely, no reform is needed in any capacity. No. I think it's perfect <laughs> as it is. Yeah. So uh, I feel like we could probably get started by starting maybe with Isaac's opinion. Um, you know, Isaac, what was the actual response uh, at the Capitol during the riots that happened, where all those Trump protesters came in and literally stormed the building and threatened? Everyone. Untold people's lives, essentially.
0: Threaten the lives of the vice president and uh, U.S. senators and congressmen and women.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, One, got people killed, too. Ones that they uh, elected. <laughs> the ones that some of these people claim to support, even. Um, you know, to, to put it simply, Blake, my response to everything that happened was that was a giant shit show. Do you
0: place blame? Do you think we should place blame? Uh and and where if so, do you have an idea of where where you think most of the blame lies for for how things went down at the Capitol that day? Yeah,
2: I mean it's it's easy for a lot of people I feel to blame former president Trump for inciting it and saying, hey, let's let's go down there and get after this. Then again, each one of these people have their own sense of morale. Every 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 person down there, whether or what side they were on, had you know choose to make their own actions. And so I there's there's blame to be thrown around everywhere. There's blame on, you know, obviously Trump, for not putting an end to all of this. You know, his entire presidency, and just making things worse, dividing the country. But then again, there's also blame on the police response on how it was handled even before people showed up. And of course you can blame the people that actually stormed the Capitol. So (laughs) I don't know if if I have a real direct answer as to where I feel the majority of the blame is as much as it's really separated into those three main categories.
0: In terms of the amount of blame that's reasonable to place on the Capitol Police. What do you what do you think the breakdown was? Do you think it was just a lack of preparation? Do you think it do you more see it as the execution of their duties? Were they not just given enough resources?
2: Yes, to everyone except for the last one. (laughs) So You think they had plenty of resources? I mean you gotta imagine that Okay, without without even without us even Spinning out the numbers that we've researched and come up, come across, we are three normal dudes. Brandon and Blake, way smarter than I. Um, but it doesn't take a absolute genius to assume that the Capitol Police have an ungodly budget. And guess what, guys? They do. It is massive. More than enough to handle most incidents like that. So definitely preparation and execution. But I mean you can't really execute anything properly if you're underprepared for it.
1: So
0: <laughs> one thing that comes to mind and I, I I didn't really do a lot a lot of research on this, but I've heard people talk about no, how part of how part of the the problem with carrying out police policing in this sort of situation in Washington DC specifically is that it's not a state, and so it doesn't have the same structure of mm-hmm. departments. So the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, like, chain of command work operates no, differently in those circumstances. And then you have all the different, organiz- uh, like, departments and, and organizations at the federal level that can and do interact in these sort of situations. But you have to coordinate all of those, all of these different departments that aren't used to coordinating with each yeah. other, or, don't, or you know, kind of have their own, their own communication mm-hmm. methods. I wonder how much like falls on just like miscommunication, or people not knowing like whose job it is to take care of what. You yeah. Know?
2: And that's and and that like I said would definitely go back to the the planning because you know working around where I do, we have radios that we can pick up different agencies in the immediate area so like if, right. if i'm working with the county guy or with the state police person i could tell him like we're gonna be on this channel and we'll make sure that we both have it that way we can communicate back and forth and you know there's our line of communication and i'd assume that that would work about the same over there well
0: i mean i mean more in terms of like If you hear – if you're, you know, logged – you got the radio on the right frequency Mm -hmm. and whatever and you just hear them saying, we need more people down here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's – Then you have – if you have a bunch of people all listening and going, well, who's qualified to give that order and who do we send, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right – like, it, it, that's that's a little complicated, well, and yeah, you're going to have yeah. guys showing up in different capacities, right? Like, you don't necess- usually want to send in the National Guard first, yeah. right? That's a good point. You got to wonder, you know?
1: like, did they – you don't know, are they able to just know to reach out to the National Guard immediately? Do they reach out to the D.C. police to see if they'll be able to help immediately and how –
0: and it, and it makes sense that if that? if somebody says over the radio like we need we need more guys down here, like you don't want everybody showing yeah. up. Yeah, I mean right? it would
2: be it would be easy for that to happen. Like, oh, they need help. I'm gonna go help. But then you got everybody else saying that also. That all goes back to planning it though. If we had planned it properly, right? We should at least have the minimum amount of officers in this designated area to handle something. Or if not, then you know get on the radio and be like, nobody else talk. This is, you know, whatever with whatever department I'm in charge and everybody knows it because everybody got a like a pre-op plan. Like, OK, yeah, he's the one in charge. And then he says, I need, you know, group A or whatever to go and station at Section G. They need backup over there. That way we know that this group is going to this location that requested the help and only that group. But it, the planning surrounding what I was able to look up. And find as far as this all goes, was at the Capitol Police employee upwards of 2,300 police officers. And that's just employed, not saying that they were, you know, on duty Act that day. Duty. Yeah. Um, right. And then, so you've got you've got this huge number to cover this, I think it was like 65-acre area. Um. So, and it's their job.
0: I mean, that's already a lot of bodies yeah. to pack, you know. To- and
2: on that day, there was... Between, I think we, we collectively agreed on um, the different resources because people, we have d- done our research the best of our abilities. Things are still coming out. <laughs> Nobody still knows exactly what happened. But anyways, to the best of our abilities, we've come up with 12 to 1400 initial capital Police officers were on scene right at the beginning of everything. And their budget is roughly, I believe, 500 million dollars. It's quite
1: a bit. It's a decent chunk of change. That's a decent chunk of change.
2: Now, less than a third of the officers that was already a small amount were there were properly outfitted for riot-like conditions, and even less of that were carrying less lethal munitions. It can be tasers or I'm assuming uh, grenade launchers with uh, less lethal impact rounds, like really Mm -hmm. hardcore yeah rubber bullets but the impact rounds are like uh like really juiced up gangster nerf rounds so oh Oh, yeah those are the yeah those big ones yeah they're uh yeah they're pretty gangster um i think it was one of the jackass movies bam got shot with it and i almost shot him in the winter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so feel free to look that up that's that's what it is uh, i will thank you for that. <laughs> i
0: remember i remember reading a lot about those you know over the summer because there was a lot of footage of people being shot basically point blank with those uh, yeah and you don't... They, those can like can crack ribs yeah um Breaking and so maybe thing. you maybe you can tell me i've heard kind of differing opinions on this the way that those are meant to be used i've heard people say things like you're supposed to shoot it at the ground and it's supposed to like bounce into the person no. I, that seems a little ridiculous like how do you even aim that yeah way, how do you, you train know? someone to aim? so that it's way, like yeah. are you trying to hit people in that situation or are you trying to scare them away you know, I guess those. Well, that would be a waste in. of money. Are you supposed to people? <laughs> are you supposed to shoot people low with the, With those? Yeah. Is there anything in Is particular? There a different training yeah. with non rounds in general. With
2: those ones in particular, um, that I, I've received training on, we look for the extremities, shoulders down to arms. You know, thighs are our, our our primary target areas. We're not going to hit you in the in the gut, in the chest, in the head area. That could potentially cause way more damage than needed. But yeah, we, we typically aim for those areas. Most of the time it's a thigh area because it's less likelihood of causing, um, life threatening injuries. And it's, it's a big target. Yeah. You know I, I mean, I don't want to have you. to aim. I'm you know, I'm not going to try to aim yeah. for your arm. Yeah. You know, your hand, yeah, if not... I can hit you in the thigh and trust me, that'll still knock the breath out of you. Mm-hmm. Like you take a round right to the middle of your thigh we're we're done with whatever with whatever caused you to shoot me. I'm I'm done doing it. <laughs>
0: what would you say is the uh, appropriate appropriate range of that weapon? Is is it a oh, point shit. blank weapon, or is it something you're oh, supposed no. to be farther no. off?
2: No, 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 no. I'm not going to shoot you. If if I'm point blank with that thing, I'd feel more comfortable grabbing a hold of you. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot safer, and we've all been trained on defensive tactics to be able to grab a hold of somebody and put them, you know, on, on their stomach or whatever and get, gain, gain control. It's all about the way we are trained is all about gaining control. I'm not looking to, I shouldn't be looking to kick your ass, to throw elbows that aren't needed, you know, hit you in the head. You know, there's case law in the state that I live in about if I were to strike somebody with a closed fist, I can be charged and lose my job over it. So we teach open palm strikes. Um, and even then it's like you know that's still kind of pushing it. Mm-hmm. But as far as hitting somebody that close, no, there's literally I, if, if I absolutely feel the need where like I'm in the situation that if I go hands- on with somebody in a riot type in quote position you know scenario, I'm gonna back up enough and keep backing up. I, I could you know trot decent back enough to where okay I'm a safe distance away. They're still advancing. There's nothing else that's gonna do this. Thud! Shoot them right in the leg, if if I absolutely have to. But to shoot somebody at point blank range, like right there, no, that's idiotic. Right. Uh, unless, like I said, if if unless they you know a, a knife or a gun or something. But in that case, I'm not gonna be using my Grenade launcher to shoot them with this less lethal round. If if I'm right there.
0: Getting back to the the riot, you know, I feel like we all learned a lot about <laughs> about riots and policing riots yeah. uh, over the summer, yeah, uh, because we were doing a lot a lot of that. Uh, so you know, maybe we were a little desensitized whenever this in, insurrection happened. I do think that's what it was.
2: Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm making funny faces at my. And my friends, showing them my awesome little uh, mini fridge on my desk. I'm so proud of it. <laughs> Anyways, back to the insurrections. We know that
0: you know the the Capitol Police had all of these things available to them. Do you think that maybe their willingness to use that that sort of stuff was influenced at all by the? Protests that happened over the summer.
1: Yeah, that brings a good yeah. point because I, I would want to know like how much, in your opinion, because uh, this is subject to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really want to know without talking to that police chief, but <clears throat> I'd like to know Isaac's opinion on how much do you think that police department's decisions on how they you know, reacted to everything were influenced by some of the stuff that had happened over the previous yeah. year.
2: Yeah. Okay. So you know, I'll, I'll just jump right in into it and say there's a lot. And it's it's hard for me (laughs) to even defend it, really, to say that the reason these people were treated different is because it was primarily a large group of mostly far-right Republican white guys, and they weren't a bunch of liberal-leaning black people. And part of that, you know... It's it's all over the media. We you know it's it's not something that we can ignore and it's not something that anybody should ignore. Um, but I think well, well hold on. It's part of it is you know, with that being thrown into the mix though, I don't think that was a huge impact on their reaction. Do I think it played <clears throat> a part in it? I, I can't even I can't rightly say no, it didn't. And I, I think if somebody were to say that Race or political affiliation didn't play even a small role in their uh, reaction to the rally. You know, to say that it didn't, it's, it's insane. It's asinine. There's, that makes no sense to say that to me after everything that we've mm-hmm. witnessed. Um, yeah. But I think I do think that a large portion of their response was based on already ongoing criticism over police handling these situations in prior events, so I yeah I I think those do those their reactions and the way they handled previous uh, protests impacted their the way they responded to that
1: rally. Mm-hmm. But you might say though that the actual existing historical issue with mm-hmm. left leaning people was probably a bigger issue though. Is that what you're probably? I I
2: I would say it's definitely part of it also mm-hmm. i i don't know if i'm you know willing to say oh it's it was the more defining majority yeah yeah that it was the majority because they're just a bunch of white guys and they didn't think that they would act like this but do i think that that played a part in it yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely
0: but so what do you say to people who would say isn't it a little hypocritical for maybe you know liberals or democrats or what have you or uh, people who supported the BLM protests over the summer to now think, Oh, the, the cops should have been busting more heads or, or locking more people up (laughs) or whatever. Like, like, do you you think that there's a, that there's an equivalence between, you know, you, you, you'll hear the line a lot. uh, Well, we were watching cities burn over the summer, you know, uh, um, Oh, and these guys, you know, we watch cities' the capital.
2: The... So sorry, one,
0: me. does that even like represent reality? Did we watch cities burn over the over
2: the over the summer? Yeah.
0: I mean, there were certainly a lot of fires yeah. in Minneapolis. But...
1: For, yeah. For no, I,
2: I don't. And I think that there's another side to that. We can't. I don't think that's anything that we could argue either. I don't know about full cities, but definitely large scale neighborhoods were seen ablaze, which is also you know not good but I, I I understand you know those people's reasoning behind what what happened in those certain areas but then you got to think okay we un- we understand that this is you know this is insane that all this is even happening in the first place in these inner-city areas but you think that the United States capital would call for a little bit more enforcement oh, yeah. than the average person city right yeah it's 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 the capital building i think there's a very i don't know how many how much higher we can get than that
0: yeah Yeah, there's a very big difference between um
2: yeah there's a big difference between fifth street and the u.s Capitol. but
0: well and and (laughs) just considering like the stuff that happened over the summer was was property damage it was like looting target and then like burning down a a an auto zone Uh, but also burning down the um, police department building in Minneapolis where the cop was worked Mm
2: -hmm. who
0: killed a guy on tape, right? Yeah. Um, There's a difference between, between that, like doing property damage that seems to be like most of it was pretty random and seemed to just be people... Well, it's taking advantage of the situation or whatever. Yeah. Uh,
2: Brandon called me one day and we talked about it, about people just going down there to go down there and to cause chaos, not even acknowledging the reason why people were there. And that makes it even harder on the people that are actually there to protest these, these hard issues. Whenever you got jackass over here dumping gasoline, like, yeah, let's do this. It's like, whoa. Like Dave, calm down. Yeah, the protests and overall. We were it.
0: having like literally like thousands and thousands and thousands of people took to the streets all over the country, and like during the day, you know, literally like we had a couple a thousand a couple thousand people marched through downtown Phoenix during the day, no problems. All the problems always happened at night, you know, when the crowd was different, um, and. You know there were curfews involved and all of that yeah. stuff, and that brings me to one one thing that like like just from the get go, with what we were talking about the with the preparation of the of the police, there was a there was a marked difference between between how that was approached. The protest mm-hmm. at Lafayette Square in D.C. in June, before people even went out to protest, there was already a seven p.m. curfew set yeah right and on on january 6th they didn't call for a curfew until like 2 p.m when people were already breaching the capitol building
2: yeah a completely different response and it's it's like i said it part of me that is in the position i'm in would want to defend these people but i i I can't And, and and i and i won't if if There's significant evidence, you know, like we all, (laughs) like most officers, like to go by, to show that there is some deep-rooted issues here, other than just what was on the surface.
0: Right, and when you just look at like the actions of the what the people at the Capitol were actually doing, like they weren't just good there to do property damage, dude. I'm sorry, like like there no no, there's a big difference. Like if you're ever at a protest. Right. And you look over and you see gallows being constructed. You're not at a protest yeah. <laughs> and you no. and, and you need to leave. This is no longer like, you know, I, it's easy to say, like, uh, people get got, you know, get caught up in the mob mentality or whatever. They don't realize what's actually going on or whatever, you know, when you're in a big crowd. And, yeah, I, and I understand you. that. But yeah. like. When you're in this in this scenario, when you see like you're surrounded by armed people, and they're constructing gallows, and they're chanting um, that they should hang Mike Pence Mm -hmm. and Nancy Pelosi, and there's guys running around with uh, what are those zip tie restraints?
2: Yeah, they're yeah. like zip tie handcuffs. Just, I I don't know the technical yeah, term. Zip. I don't ever get to play with them. <laughs> they they took them away after I zip tied myself. <laughs> so so I, I, I don't get to play with those anymore. <laughs> it's like has any has any has anybody seen Isaac? And they look over and I've got like one on my ankle to my wrist on the other side and I'm like twisted over. It's like, can somebody help me? <laughs> Jesus. You <Yeah,
0: they> <laughs> walk by they walk by your cruiser and they just hear <laughs> like they, they open up the trunk and you're in there zip tied on your hands and feet who did this to you I I, I did, did.
2: This <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's I guarantee you some of the guys that I work with would look at me and just close the trunk back on me <laughs> move on because that is definitely something that I could see myself doing
0: <laughs> this is my uh, bad it's a long see. story <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> But no, you're you're absolutely right. And, you know, in the preparation for this, you know, that was one of the things that we looked at and that I looked at and I was thinking about, you know, some of the key differences between this incident and the protests over the past year, years. And, you know, there were there were chants and, you know, the best kind of cop is a dead cop and all, all kinds of other stuff you know, sounding like that and, you know, like roll them up, pigs in a blanket, all kinds of stuff. And I mean, and there were pigs there were and blankets are where, delicious to be honest <laughs> as, as a police officer, but also a fat guy. I, I would have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> like who doesn't love, it's like, ah, pig, bacon. I love bacon <laughs> and pigs are adorable. But you know, I, they they had chants and stuff like that, and there there were some reported, you know, uh, clashes where it seemed like people were straight up, you know, attacking you know, officers that were there on scenes and stuff. But it it really it really shocked me. Like you said, whenever they were actually constructing gallows, like it's not like the people in these protests that that have you know are going out there and do and doing you know chanting those for the most part or, you know, walking the streets and doing that were like, all right, Hey guys, hold up. We're going to, we're going to put a gallo right here too. It's like, hold on. We're, we're going to get everything ready and we're going to set up and we're going to grab one of those cops and, you know, do it to them. But it, it seemed like there's way more intent on taking lives at this rally. You don't just like have
0: all of the things around to build gallows all the time you know like like you you, got to play like that dude that that dude wasn't just like there at the capitol and he he like turned to his buddy bill and he's like you know what we should do man we should build some fucking gallows out here man oh you know what I was just, I just walked I by a bunch of Gallowwood. I'm yeah. calling it Gallowwood now. <laughs> I watched—I walked by, Dude. because there were planks, there were two by fours, there was rope, and, and all of the construction equipment needed to pull the, to pull off this project in the next 10, 15 minutes.
2: <laughs> that is very,
0: That's
1: very convenient. Very
0: convenient. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So like I said, were there issues um, with people attacking and wanting to cause harm? to police officers over their frustrations in previous protests. Yes, there was, absolutely. But I think there was more obvious we're going to take over the country <laughs> at this rally. Yeah. Like it's kind of hard to ignore that.
0: Well, yeah. and we so we talk about like like the leadership and the the way that things were handled over the summer and I chalk maybe I've been
2: Crazy. I've been. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> like I could frustrate some of my more leftist friends, because I uh, I was a little more forgiving of the people, the decision makers, in some of these circumstances. Like whenever, whenever, protesters burned down the police department in Minneapolis, the mayor there had ordered to evacuate the building prior to that, and then he just basically let them, let them have it, and they, he let them, they burned down the police department, and, and a couple other, uh, buildings in that, like, in basically, like, a six-block, for, like, a six-block radius, uh, the police basically pulled out, and, and, you know, people made whatever, uh, decisions that they made, but... To me, I'm like this is a very extraordinary circumstance that, like, in in those those situations over the summer, the people making these decisions were all of a sudden like the mayor, right? Who, and the mayor is not typically the person who handles on the ground tactics of of the police department. That's yeah, just not no. the gig. He didn't – they didn't yeah. go over that in mayor
1: training on day one. <laughs> uh, he didn't, I, I he didn't run on a platform
0: of like, you know what? If they're down at the – if there's an angry mob at the police department and they want to burn down the building, uh, this is what I'm going to do. This like that's,
1: is the decision I will have to make. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that's not a thing that the, you campaign on, you know? Yeah. At, at mayor school? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he didn't write his uh his thesis on <laughs> his mayor thesis. <laughs> his mayor... <laughs> his mayor thesis. <laughs> so so ah. so in those situations I understand that like like the, the responses to these circumstances situations were a lot different throughout the country. Yeah. And, you know, and, and there's you know, politics to those decisions and all of these things, and I understand that. But uh this is stuff that you ex- I guess I just expect to be superseded. By higher mm-hmm. priorities and federal priorities in this situation oh, that yeah. happened at the Capitol, because all of Congress, all of our like U.S. congressmen basically were in this fucking building, right? Oh, of course. And all of their staffers and all of these journalists and all of these people who are like, like extremely important, like the pre- Vice President of the United States was there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like these are all guys who are like, if the president dies, like these are people who are next up in line. You know the whole fucking order of succession basically in the in the country, right? because yeah. uh, like nancy it, it would go if if the president dies, the vice president becomes president. If the vice president dies, then the Speaker of the House becomes president the vice the vice president and the and the Speaker of the House, both of their lives were threatened at, on that day. Mm-hmm. and if they both died. Like, the next two people in line from the president aren't, you know...
1: I don't even uh, know who. It's, like, the head I, of his cabinet. I can't remember. I
0: don't I don't remember <laughs> what goes after after the Speaker of the House, to yeah. be honest. Because, like, you never really think about that. Like, that person yeah. isn't thinking, like, oh, I could be president. It'd be like, there would be a crazy fucking scenario for me to become <laughs> president of the United States.
2: <laughs> it's like your phone rings. And it's like, hey, Brandon, um, you're president now?
0: So, uh... <laughs> let's just this is a good this is a good point to to kind of take a break so uh when we come back we're gonna we're gonna talk about a little more of the seriousness of that situation on the on the day of the insurrection uh so we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back okay, so yeah, we were talking about how you expect a scenario where the Electoral College votes are being certified by, by the U.S. Senate, and, you know, some of the most important people in the federal government are all there, and there's a rally down the street where the president is already known to be lying to people about, the val- <laughs> about how valid these, uh, this process is.
2: Oh, yeah. He even had his number, his number <laughs> two um, man be like, bro. Stop. You just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there's like,
0: I think that over over the summer, like I really built up this, like, the dis, or I really started to understand the distinction between there's how I would hope that police would respond to different circumstances, right? Uh Like an angry mob or whatever. And then there's my expectation Uh under the circumstances and given who's calling the shots or whatever. How it's yeah. going to play out, regardless of that, right? And so, I guess when 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 people are going to like loot a Target and they're going to sp- steal a couple thousand dollars worth of merchandise and most be mostly be filmed while they do it and whatever, like I'm like, so like yeah, like, I,
2: like five things from Target, <laughs> like five brushed silver picture I'm frames. Like, <laughs> I I can expect
0: that like maybe some people might get out of that building alive or whatever and and live to see another day and they can arrest mm-hmm. them later, you know, when they're track them down or whatever. And the 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 yeah. costs and the potential impact, it's all just property damage, you know, for the most part. It can be replaced.
2: It can be replaced. You know, let them let them fizzle out, let them do their thing, set up a perimeter. Eventually they've got to go home, shit, shower and sleep. You know things will fizzle down, but whenever it's the U.S. fucking capital with everybody that runs it, like the most important yeah, people in this country, you expect
0: the cost of, cost benefit analysis there to be a little different in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just, I guess I always expected that, like, if you storm the Capitol with guns and chanting that you want to murder U.S. senators and congressmen. Um, I assume you're going to get shot. I do like, like, that's just like, I because you just, uh, you just assume that like people like who are terrorists marching into the Capitol are just going to be kind of indiscriminately shot. And, and like, I expected a massacre, honestly, like it.
2: Well, yeah. And, and it would be the one time that we all would sit here and be like, I mean, what did you expect was going to happen? But that didn't happen.
0: But it's and also it puts you in the weird position where you're like I'm I don't because you, you're like I don't want didn't. there to be a yeah. a, a massacre in no. that in that scenario. Yeah. No. But like,
2: I don't want my capital taken over by some guy in a weird headdress saying he's a new president either. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> and <laughs> and people being murdered. Like, I I think it's weird how little talk that is being how how little talk there has been about the police officers who were harmed or died mm-hmm. you know uh oh well,
2: yeah the, at as of today and after two more i think have committed suicide yeah since then two more have one died due to blood force trauma to his head that day and i think another died in the hospital and then two more have committed suicide since then and whether or not you you like police officers or not, or you think we're all bastards or not, There's still human lives, which I think between the three of us, we all agree is the most important thing is life. So it's it's sad to see that. And yeah, I, I you know, I don't know. It's a mess. How
0: do you feel the police culture has handled that or how people view those circumstances. I imagine, you know, there were, I mean, we know that there were some police officers from around the country yeah, who uh, were actually there. There was
2: one from Virginia, I believe that was off duty and was confirmed on video, taking pictures. And then we had retired, um, Lieutenant Colonel on, on scene that was also photographed and videoed there. Numerous, the, well, the, the young woman that lost her life up there was a 14 year year veteran of the Navy, and so you're you're seeing people in these military positions, in these police positions, storming, sieging this capital. I I don't know. One group of like, people I, bludgeoned, like get... a,
0: bludgeoned a police officer to death with a uh, what was it fire with extinguisher? Fire extinguisher. Yeah,
2: there was. You know, the group that was like, kill him, kill him, kill him. And then somebody was like, no. He, or he started screaming, I have kids, I have kids, and just completely broke down. So a couple of them protected him until his unit came and were able to get him. But they were fully, they are ready to fucking kill him. And these are the same people who a couple weeks ago were saying, you know what? They should just shoot everybody in these protests and be done with it. The same people. Right. And you're over here killing the same people that you... Uh, claim to love so much it's it's like that uh did you see see that that meme i shared he's like but blue lives matter and she's like suck my dick (laughs) she like (laughs) kicks him in the face (laughs) it's it's like does nobody see the insanity of what's going on it's like everybody here was supposed supposedly so supportive of law enforcement i've never been like
0: much of an an activist I don't like go to I've been to protests but only a handful of protests ever I went to one of the protests over the summer um
2: yeah you went to the Arbor Day one right (sighs) yeah Support the trees? I was
0: actually trying to stop the trees. Stop the trees. Um, so the, the, it's like, the reason, it's like every, everybody
2: thinks they know Brandon, but he's actually uh, against the ants. I'm,
0: I'm anti-tree, and I'm not afraid to say it, okay? The reason I went vegan isn't because I love animals. It's because I hate plants.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those cocky sons of bitches are so- <laughs> Boarding over us. us look how tr- <laughs> i get it you're tall okay i get it that's you like proud your best whole thing things. is just being tall uh, I was talking about protesting so yeah. like i remember being at a protest one time i was I, I went to a protest where um i think like george w bush was going to be speaking somewhere and
2: george w yeah
0: And, uh, I left, I left, I wasn't there for very long. I was there about like 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe. And people were just like going into the building just to like, (laughs) to attend the event. And, and people were like jumping up and like shouting directly into people's face. Like you couldn't, definitely couldn't do this in COVID times. Um, but, uh, but like, just like, like screaming directly in people's faces and stuff. And I was just like, this isn't really... An effective means of communication Mm -hmm. this isn't really the kind of thing that i want to want to um,
1: spend your political activity doing
0: yeah and associate myself with right okay and so i just left you can just do that nobody's keeping you at a protest right and and that's why like when i went to like the one of the blm protests there was a curfew at like seven and we we You know, we basically had a pre-planned out route through town. And there were probably, like, at the one time when I was there, probably 1,000 to 1,500 people, you know, on this block, basically. Uh, But, like, everybody was, like, wearing masks and nobody broke any windows. And there were people, like, handing out... Like, we brought a bunch of water. People were handing out water and food and and... There weren't any, like, major clashes with the police or anything. There was, like, a helicopter that flew over for over us for a little bit. But, like, the, like stuff like that, I feel like they were just, like, showing off or something. You know, like, mm. trying to yeah. project an air of power over the situation or whatever. But the riot... And there weren't any, like, riot cops during the day or anything. And everything was, like, pretty... Pretty organized, chill. and I wouldn't say chill, but like, tame, tame, yeah, 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 uh, and the riot police came out as the sun came down and whatever, and people left. You know, in so that that kind mm-hmm. of scenario, like, you kind of know who the people are who are gonna stay, mm-hmm. right? But this was just kind of an angry, violent mob to to begin with, yeah, and
2: yeah, there was there was no. Like I said, there was no, you know, we need to hear our voices. This, no, it's straight. You know, we're here, and we're getting the green light by the big orange man to go and take over the Capitol. right? Like, and and fuck people up. That's exactly what they their intentions were. They said it. They showed it. I don't know. It was a disaster. What do
0: you What do you think is going through the minds of of the police who the took pictures with people and gave people directions in this. <laughs>
2: Dude, even, and I, I told Brandon this already, but um, a very close family member of mine who is um, a Republican, you know, conservative, not hardcore crazy or anything, like some of the guys down there. And, and he even told me, he's like, I don't understand what these cops were thinking, taking pictures with these guys. Like whether or not you agree with what they're doing or not, what part of your brain makes you think that this wasn't okay in any in any other way other than you being fired? What if somebody had been? What if
0: a congressman or a senator had been killed? What if AOC had been killed?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, and the, these pictures come out of you, who it's your literally your job to protect that woman's life, and you're taking pictures with some of the people who who murdered her.
2: Who right. are responsible? How should be that... held accountable for it? Mm-hmm. Right. So what is you, accountability? You should be fired like and here? charged with whatever you can be. I would take that as in they are a conspirator in this and they are actively taking part yeah. in this act of terrorism. I mean, they would so, have had to So you don't think losing conspiracy? your job is enough for that? No, that is that is completely insane.
1: No, you don't just like, lose your job Do your freaking job. Life. You get arrested and you go to jail for uh, potentially. But doing what that.
0: if you were just a, a cop who was on duty and and you uh, you just gave them directions to Nancy Pelosi's office?
2: You were a conspirator. You <laughs> you willfully and aided had, yeah. a criminal
1: activity. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Get charged with something. Uh-huh. I say at the very minimum, lose your freaking job so where, and pension. Where do you? And pension.
0: But how how far how far attached do you think it's reasonable for you to have been from this detached from this uh, and still see legal ramifications? Mm-hmm. What if you're just Josh Hawley who's spreading lies and, you know, like there's that famous now famous picture of him walking down the street and doing the little f- fist in the air salute to to all the protesters who would mm-hmm. soon be. Uh, wandering the halls of congress you know yeah um, you
1: couldn't really say that he like told anybody to storm a building but you could say that he was supporting them in the moment like what kind of charge could that guy have is that right what you're
0: saying? but p- people who people who voted against the results of the election election mm-hmm. you know guys like ted cruz mm-hmm. who even after that even after everything that happened he still voted against the certification of the of the election mm-hmm uh, and still put more fuel on this fire. Should he be like, I very much believe that these guys should be like, should be f- kicked out of Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I think you, you should you lose your job to that.
2: The the police officer that took pictures or that may have opened up the gates. You, you, we've seen the video. He pulls back the, the damn gates that are there and then like signals to everybody. All right, let's go. Charge that motherfucker with something. Mm-hmm. Now the the guy that you said that was down the street and was like, Yeah, I support you being crazy not technically a crime, just frowned upon.
1: Yeah. Right. But Yeah, and you know, then, but, but it's
2: but you don't
0: the thing is, this is a job. And I don't think so like maybe you don't get charged with a crime, but you, should lose you can job. lose your job yeah. for things that aren't crimes. Mm-hmm. Most people do. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so just think of like People get fired for creating hostile work environments just just, yeah. in general, mm-hmm. right? If you just creep out a lot of the ladies around the office, <laughs> you might just get fired. That's just an accepted uh, norm that we have. But yeah. we don't treat these, these government jobs, these elected jobs, like normal jobs. If you work with somebody who tweets about you constantly and calls you crooked and a criminal and... Says so you should go back to your shithole country. Or yeah, whatever. I was going to say it tells you to like, go back
2: to the, your country of origin. All,
0: all, all of these kind of things. And then if if a crowd of people storms your office building wearing hats with that guy's name and threatening to murder you, I would think that that um, constitutes a fire. That that yeah. constitutes going to HR and being like, you know. Bill's
2: kind of an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Bill's kind of an asshole. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt now. Bill's kind of an asshole. No, completely. Like I don't that, think anybody that... would, would fault you for that. No, I don't no. think anybody would.
1: You'd have a pretty shitty HR department if they did. So it's like... Yeah.
0: Nobody it's else like, in the world could keep their job. Like, I don't... A CEO, a board member, you know, the, the, any of the other most important roles you could possibly have in any company on the free market, you would lose your job.
1: Yeah, it is kind of unfortunate that with any elected official, there isn't a quote-unquote HR for it. Like, there's not any... Other than waiting for the next election cycle. That's that's
0: what impeachment is for.
1: That's what it... Yeah.
0: That's what impeachment... You know, that's why, like, there is this process that exists for people to hold people accountable. And I wish that they would just use it. Mm -hmm. Just use it more often. I don't care. Use it all the time. Anyway, let's take another break and we'll jump back into this in a second.
1: Okay, so... Uh, We've gone over a lot of the disparate similarities between a lot of the reactions that the police might have had to the Capitol riots versus pretty much any other situation. We are kind of curious now to know, like, what were some of the results of some of that? I know just some rough numbers right off the bat were, you know, on the actual day of the Capitol riots, there were only about 14 arrests made, um... You know, and in comparison to that uh, event that we mentioned earlier where Trump just cleared Lafayette Square to make a good photo op, he actually, that one moment led to 289 arrests made that same day.
0: Well, uh, not that one moment, but no, yeah, yeah, that, know you that, mean, but that, that, that day, day
1: through that night they arrested. Yeah, but in that whole day and night, people. as opposed to that whole day and yeah. night on the Capitol Rise we're only 14. But. That's kind of beside the point because we're more interested now in some of the response to that uh, that's been made and some of the excessive, maybe, in our opinion, security that's been introduced on the actual capital grounds, which we might be able to kind of segue into a different com- uh, <laughs> conversation later.
0: We'll just do the segue, man. We'll yeah.
1: talk about it. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, man. It's cool. It's we'll cool. just talk about Any- the segue. <laughs>
0: This is so. This whole section will be about our Segway. So, 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 what a Segway is is it's it's like a it's like a scooter, but it's, but it's not.
2: Hey, I have a Segway. No way! Do you, you really, do have a segue? really have a Segway? Yeah. To be fair, it we was donated. <laughs> we actually have.
1: All right, Paul Blart. Five. Yeah, just, it, yeah, I've gotten that.
2: But yeah, no, we had like five that were donated to us and we we use them uh, primarily for like the 4th of July stuff but yeah they're they're fun are they
0: is it weird to ride actually like is um, it hard to get used to or is it actually really easy
2: it, okay so brandon's known me the longest and he knows how uncoordinated i am <laughs> and i was able to get it relatively quickly okay so okay. Like it, it, it be looks like it would be insanely difficult me. but yeah, yeah. It's, it's really not at all <laughs> it's, it's fun you've been on a
0: been on any four-wheelers
2: lately Every year, okay? (laughs) This is a part of our conversation.
0: (laughs) Well, explain for the audience what what, what happened with the four-wheeler. I hate
2: you so much. (laughs) I was on duty, working 4th of July festivities, got on the four-wheeler. I failed to mention to anybody that I'd never driven one before (laughs) because I wanted to because I was so excited. And then I ended up flipping it in the middle of the road, sustaining (laughs) a major concussion, and I was dying. (laughs) well when you say it like that yeah it's it's still funny it's still (laughs) funny yeah it's still funny i and i get made fun of it every year
0: it was on the fourth of july too that's hilarious
2: you know what and and i'll say this for people who don't think cops have really good senses of humor (laughs) No, they fucking do. No. Yeah, Especially <laughs> directed towards me. <laughs> are
0: you are you, you, you even allowed on four-wheelers anymore?
2: <laughs> yes, but we do have mandatory training, safety training about it now. <laughs> I'm not even kidding.
0: You know, that's that's like its own kind of honor, right? Yeah, when you have in your when way, you have a training you introduced that's the training.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I take no pride in that whatsoever. <laughs> you know, I have told people who've given me shit about it. They're like, well, now we have the stupid training that we sh- we have to do. I was like, yes, but now you get paid overtime if you attend it. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm, helping, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for putting money in your wallet. My bad. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> That's pretty
1: good.
0: So, uh, so we talked about how they definitely should have known to be more prepared mm-hmm. at the Capitol riot, for obvious well, they're, they're reasons. Just, yeah, uh, let's let's just say it. But they, if, they, they they did know. Yeah, and yes, yeah, so there was multiple... so they did, and they definitely yeah. know now. And so, like, what do you what do you think about like these dra- pretty drastic measures that they're taking uh, to make the Capitol building more safe? Now, I heard some talk that they're thinking about making these new these new fences and stuff permanent. Which which really, really changes the aesthetic yeah. and the the vibe. The it's got a it, it, it's got a different vibe now yeah. around the Capitol. It's like the, let's
2: the, let's forget everything else that we've talked about and let's go simply to the aesthetic of it. So, like there's no curb appeal. <laughs> the resale value is gone. I mean, just... honestly. Uh, <laughs> but you know, so
0: when Congress isn't in session, which is surprisingly a lot, there are. <laughs> Like, tourists and people just can go and walk through the capital capital all the time. time. Like, it's really not a big deal. Like, it's, like, the people's
1: It is technically a public space, you know?
0: Um, Which is a really interesting and cool thing about our culture and stuff. And it would be a real shame for that to change. And for things that, like, how much safer can it be, honestly? Or will it be? How much safer does this... Does this stuff make it? Is it the kind of thing that's just meant to make people feel better?
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, I would definitely argue the fact that it's been incredibly safe for, you know, since forever. Mm -hmm. And we had this one incident where, I I don't know, major miscommunications. And you you can point the blame and pick whatever you want. But that aside, there is no reason to have, I feel, those fences and everything there anymore. Mm -hmm. It's... It's scary to look at, like, what country are we living in now to where we have all of this stuff behind locked doors? If anything, it makes the government look even more intimidating. Yeah. But it's I, – I think our security measures have pre, been pretty up to par unless – except for this one incident. Why change that now? Just make sure this shit doesn't happen again.
0: But that – you know, that's kind of how we respond to everything, isn't it? School shootings and stuff, like, now, how are we solving these issues? We're putting cops and – metal detectors and and there people who want to give teachers guns and stuff to keep kids safe oh, are there lord uh, is 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 the you know police department the best solution for these for these problems and yeah, i know i know you're you're gonna have s- some feelings about <laughs> that because that's what your job is i guess uh, yeah. how much safer do you make it there
2: are you kidding me i'm I'm basically John Wick, baby. Right. No, <laughs> I, I love my job. And my my job, I'm a police officer, but I am stationed at our local school, our local high school, and I, I love it. It's I initially wanted to be a teacher. The whole college teacher stuff didn't work out for me. I pursued a career in law enforcement. Now, actually, I'm just a couple of sh- hours short of a degree. I, you know, get off my ass and pursue it. But, you know, I I wanted to be a teacher. I I knew that I wanted to be around students and help students. So I was able to kind of mix the two to where I'm a police officer and I've put on classes for students in reference to drug situations or uh, domestic violence situations at home, you know, stuff like that. I've made myself available um, to these students in, in those types of situations other than that, you know, on campus, as far as, like, safety goes, you know, I, I can't say how many times that, you know, I've just been walking down the hall or walking, you know, through a crowd during lunch or something, and then a fight breaks out, and some's getting some's some kid's getting his ass beat, and I happen to be right there and pull them apart, so,
1: you know, that helps. You did help. That, I did yeah. help. You did I help. did stop him from getting his ass beat. You can point to examples where you genuinely helped in an immediate yeah, yeah, thing. Like yeah, where I've helped generally somebody.
2: been there. Yeah, you know, I've had students is, come is, into my is office. Is that what
0: – do we need a cop to break up fights?
1: Yeah. Is that we, like, well, if, like if, a security guard? I mean can't yeah. like any – like Teacher most teachers and
0: people yeah. do that too? Uh, I don't y- know.
2: You're, you're getting into – you know, there's different – each school district has their set of policies on how much their teachers can get involved physically with, with students. Mm. That sounds really weird. No, but, yeah, but it's, it makes sense, yeah. I would hope they have policies <laughs> about I would hope they have some kind of rule, yeah. I would hope they But they do have security guards. The high school that I'm at has, I think the most that we've had recently was like 1,500 kids. Mm-hmm and four security officers it seems
1: probably right for high yeah. school yeah
2: we we have one that would stay at the main point entrance of the school and the other three would roam around roam around in their designated areas and then we would do the same as far as school resource officers you know roam around interact with the kids with the teachers with staff And then if something were to happen, like a fight or drugs or something like that were to happen, then they contact us and then we would take over from that point.
0: What do you see as being like the main purpose for you being there in terms of like, like, do you think you were put there to like stop school shootings or mm -hmm. to more generally be involved with the students in their day to day and and.
1: developing
0: them as adults like what like yeah i feel like there's a very different skill set between a a teacher and a police officer right yeah
2: Yeah, there 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 definitely is but you look at the differences between a teacher and a school resource officer and i would argue the point that i'm a little bit different than your average police officer
0: do most guys that do what you do enter to be school resource officers or do you think so get, they place are that? there a lot of people yeah. who just end up there
2: unfortunately it's not a mandated nationwide thing my in my position in the district that i work in and the department that i work for if a position for a school resource officer is available you have to sign a bid for the position and then you interview for the position hmm. So it's like if you want it I see. then you can interview for it. And I do know cuz I've been to trainings uh with other school resource officers where it's been Oh, well, I'm only here because I got assigned the position. I see. Okay. Which I which I would I would like to look at these departments that have had SRO and student issues, you know, body slamming kids or officers using Way more force than necessary on some of these students. I'd like to look at those departments in particular and see if that's the case there. Yeah. Yeah. Because in in my case, I'm in the position I'm at because I wanted to be. Exactly. And I have structured my career around that, meaning I've received basic and advanced trainings as far as school resource officers go. I've attended multiple juvenile and school-related trainings across the country and it's you know because i've pursued it now other departments where you take some some hardened guy that you know was you know a hardened military guy who don't take shit from anybody and you're like you know what this is the last time you've been in trouble too much we're gonna stick you at the schools like who the fuck thinks that's a good idea Don't you think
0: that the fact that your position exists in the school creates a dynamic that is certainly on the spectrum of being similar to what a prison is? Consider that every minute of your time is structured at a school. You have specific rooms you're supposed to be in, and there are police roaming the halls, and then we start putting metal detectors at the door and bars on the windows and all of this stuff. It seems like the next closest place to that experience you'll ever be is jail. In, in your yeah. adult life. And, and I, I understand um, what you're
2: saying. In, in my position and with my experience, yeah, no, there's a big difference between prison and a school. We have put up a fence around the school, like way, way out. But, you know, you take, you know, me patrolling the hallways, I...
0: You, you work on a really unique campus, too. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like a huge campus. That, that campus is really big and open, and it used to be a college campus. Yeah, and so like most high schools are not that way. Most high schools are well,
2: and that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. if it's different in other places, I can only talk about like mine, in particular, right? But I, like I said, I would argue no, it's it's completely different. I I don't, you know, like hey, where are you supposed to be? You need to get to class. That's I don't enforce school policies. I I won't grab a kid and drag him to class, and. It's, it's, it's nothing like that. It's
0: that's not part of your role. You're not supposed to, no. is there, is there like a clearly I, defined distinction between that? It, so yeah, there, so there's, there's, what is, there's very much, what is if, the, if I, pre- if I
2: see a kid wa- wandering a hall in the middle of class, I'll stop and talk to him like, Hey, how's it going? What, what are you doing? And if he wants to talk to me, it's the same as on the streets. It's called a consensual encounter. Meaning if he doesn't want to stop and talk to me, then he doesn't have to. So I'll is that, little, is
0: that an actual legal thing that like, yeah, so
2: I, I will, I'll get on my little radio at my school radio, and I'll be like, hey, security, this, you know, little Billy is wandering around the building. He's not in class. He didn't want to talk to me. And then I would leave. How, and it's up to security to enforce that action. How does that I'm, work I'm, I'm with not,
0: minors? Because, like, they don't have the same, same amount of rights that, mm-hmm. like, you know, 16 year old Timmy doesn't have the same rights that I do. Does yeah.
2: he? Well, it's. In terms they, of, like, they, they, stop they, and they, frisk they, or whatever. They do. They, let's say. You know But they're like in the
0: build. care of the of the state effectively when they're there, right? Mm-hmm. Already. So they, they're basically they under the
2: care and control of the school. Right. So when they're on school and in school on the campus, they are the responsibility of the principals that are there. And so the school
0: can concede uh a certain amount of like they can give consent for like searches and shit like that can't
2: they? If is that how if, it works?
0: Or maybe I'm misunderstanding. Like- yeah,
2: yeah, no, no, no. It's like on a kid's locker, mm-hmm. then yeah, the the school has the authority to open up that locker and to search it. I will not search that locker. Oh, okay. I will not really? touch that locker. It'd be the security. now if the school searches it and they find marijuana, then involved. I can come in and they can give me the marijuana. The principal's like he smelled like weed. He told us he kept it in his locker, we searched his locker, we found it, here it is. At that point, I would look at the kid, I would read him his Miranda rights, we'd contact guardians, guardians would arrive, I would advise them again of their Miranda rights, and I was like, can I ask your kid some questions? And most of the time, I've gotten like, yeah, go ahead. And then I asked the kid, you know, what is this, where'd you get it, all this general stuff, is this yours, yeah. And then I'd issue him a juvenile citation for possession of marijuana. And when do and you start he, shooting? He gets released to his parents. But for, <laughs> for me, <laughs> I I won't talk to a kid about any crimes or anything like that unless his parents are around. And I'll tell him, "It's like, look, you don't have to talk to me if you don't want to. And I would advise you not to. I'd rather your parents be here. And then his parents show up and I'll talk to them. And if they want to, then that's fine. If not, then Okay my position at the schools it's more than just enforcement my my number one job there is to protect the students and staff to ensure that they can they can do their school thing um and you know their education without it being interrupted or their lives being in danger in case of an active threat type situation it's also there to you know enforce city and state laws um if they were to break them which unfortunately If I wasn't up there, a patrol guy would be coming off of the streets constantly and going up to the high school for kids, you know, smoking weed or punching each other in the face like daily. But it's more more than that. It's my position is also as an educator. Like I said, I put on multiple classes with these kids. I interact with them as far as like there's a teen court type thing around here where – you know, I cite a kid for speeding and he'll go to municipal court and the judge will be like, do you want to go to teen court? And it's essentially, that's the Nickelodeon version. Yeah. Exactly. It's Nickel- the that, that perfect. Da, it's a Nickelodeon da, 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 da. version of the real thing. Um, but they'll go to that. You know, we, we have a thing every year with several of the teachers where one of their assignments is write out 10 questions that you want to ask a cop. So they'll write it out and they'll let me know like a week in advance. And I'll show up for whatever class period did it, and I'll go through and I'll answer some of the questions. I
0: mean, a lot of but that stuff's I, not things that, like, you need a full-time cop to be around to do, you know? Oh, yeah, think, but you I don't, you don't people... want your gym
2: teacher answering questions about
0: what it's no. like to be
2: a cop, either.
0: Yeah. Well, no, but, I mean, it's almost like car- kind of a career day kind of thing.
1: Yeah, um, I see your point there, too.
2: And, and I, I understand that. It's but i'm I'm there not just for that though, it's sure not just career day every day. So, so I think
0: that people who feel very uh hesitant about like police being on campuses all over the country and this close to their kids all the time is like mm-hmm. it's a little bit of the idea of like the the Stanford prison experiment, right? where just having people around with authority creates a certain dynamic between you and the people you're there protecting where you're saying like look i don't trust you enough to not need me here for all all of these things and it's a little bit of a confusing thing for some people when like a lot of the the reasoning for putting more school resource officers at at, you know at high schools and and middle schools and whatever and giving teachers guns are like to deal with these like situations that like almost never happen right And then what we're actually doing is putting cops in all of these other situations that do happen all of the time and otherwise would have been handled by somebody else Mm. in a different role, you know. And it's not like police still, like you said, you know, even if you weren't there, right, an Mm. officer would be called over there to to help with, like, you know, somebody was dealing weed out of, you know, math class or whatever. Yeah but it's, but you wouldn't have been there for the little fight between two sixth graders or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. That you, I mean you're at a high yeah. school, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And that and that that makes a difference, right? Cuz like typically you wouldn't have been in a situ- situation where mm-hmm. getting in a fight at school would have you know meant that a guy with a gun on him would be tackling you or whatever, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: And potential like I don't know, I, I, you probably, you, you probably. I mean, people who get in <laughs> fights at schools don't like yeah. get charged with assault. Generally speaking, either. They No, but- they,
2: if, if two kids are fighting, then they're both going to be charged with public affray, which is just a public fight, and right, it's petty misdemeanor stuff. Go to court. They'll you'll get sent to a juvenile probation office, and they'll give you you know. 15 hours of community service or whatever. And the reason that
0: that's all all that we do is because we don't generally consider those things to be huge, you know, societal fucking issues. They're just things that kids do, you know, occasionally, right? And Mm -hmm. and so, like, we understand that that's not a serious... It's not a serious enough situation to, like, bring in somebody with a gun most of the time,
2: right? I, I understand that. It's... And like I said, and I'll continue to argue till I'm blue in the face about it, but it's who who are you putting in that type of situation? I I am a very big advocate on, uh, you know, community policing type stuff. And that's a huge, a whole nother conversation that, you know, we won't agree on. But uh, (laughs) I, I like the idea of my police officer's being in the streets, being out walking outside of their police units, downtown, walking into businesses. Hi, how are you? What's going on? Everything good. Making those contacts in those neighborhoods, you know, where they may not have the best neighborhoods to be doing that in. Um, And even if it's at at a school, you know, I I can't tell you how many kids because I was on campus, walked into my office and like, hey, can I talk to you? And then the next thing I know they're spilling everything about their abusive home life and their daddy's touching them or their mom beats them or something happens and the only reason they said it to me was because i was there on that campus and i established that connection with these students whereas it it may not have been that way and it's it's with every problem that we have in policing i feel Um, especially being a police officer, (laughs) it's all about who you put in those positions. So
0: in the first part of this, this little series that we're doing on policing, um, you, we talked about how police were being asked to do a lot more in society than they necessarily needed to be. Mm -hmm. And that there might be, you know, people more, uh, trained or attuned to handle situations that are, they could do it in a different capacity. They could also, effective. like, be more effective or whatever. The skill set of a the typical person who's going in, in the training to, to become mm-hmm. a teacher or a guidance counselor or a health counselor or what have you would be different, generally speaking, pretty significantly different than somebody who became a police officer yeah. for the most part. Well, right? and it's
2: and and trust me I, I i don't shy away from telling some of these students sometimes hey i'm i'm not a guidance counselor i can be a good ear to listen but if you've got some other stuff going on let's go up and talk to an actual guidance counselor who can help you with that um but i i, I see the points you're making i mean i'm i'm all for you know i recently did a uh a police training that was dealing with persons of uh you know different type of mental health issues and mm-hmm. there, part of the video that I was watching was I and I, for the life of me, I can't remember what department it was, but it was a larger city and they had an entire section with like 15 to 20 officers. And each one of those officers wore, you know, plain clothing. They still had a vest on and they still had a gun and a badge, but it was like plain clothing type stuff. And they drove around with a social worker and they'd get, you know, uh, Blake's having a bad day. He hasn't taken his medication and he's suicidal. There's no weapons or anything in the house, but he's saying he wants to kill himself. So, I would respond, you know, my polo and stuff and I would I would go with Brandon, the social worker and we'd walk in and make contact with him and de-escalate the situation. I'd let Brandon do his thing, you know, and my only part there would be, you know, if Blake went off and pulled a gun out of nowhere and tried to shoot Brandon then, you know, I Unfortunately would have to handle that situation how common um, is that though how is that a it is incredibly rare from from what from what I found unfortunately, and that department that had that program they haven't had a use of force in like shit around maybe a little less than ten years like they haven't had yeah it's it's amazing how yeah. well it worked, and the fact that it's not widely utilized by other departments is incredibly. <laughs> It's heartbreaking what's it's the
0: ha- what's the hang up there is it people is it departments don't want to do that or do the, is there not the money like who big part of
1: it is who money pays the, and the salary of the social
2: worker departments and local uh you know mental health facilities right mm,
1: okay so it can be a combo or is it yeah may it, it, it may not be that we
2: want department's department's to avoid it or we don't want um, to do it is we may not have the resources for it mm-hmm. who pays um, who pays
0: does the school pay to have you at the school, or is it just the police department? Some, some
2: departments do um, have the schools pay for part of their SRO's wages. My department is not. I am paid strictly through the police department with a contract through the school. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've established my my thoughts and views on why I believe my job as a school resource officer is good. And I would fight Brandon for it, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I bet you, know, you Brandon, would.
1: Yeah, you know, and I would make but, the uh, same. I might argue more on our, Isaac's side. It's just that I think there's a lot to be said about the lesser talked about thing. Is that it does make any amount of kids more comfortable with cops and officers and in general. Like even mm-hmm. the handful of situations you've talked about, those really count for something. It's like even those handful of spots where you've said that kid talked to you about this thing, or you helped him in that particular intimate way where you might not have been there for him otherwise or might have just been a teacher that didn't care. Like, it could have been any other thing. It could have just been a kid who would never talked with you, but he's seen you in the hallway every day, and because of that, he might be more comfortable 10 years down the road to call the cop about something.
2: Trust me, I've had my fair share of uh, conversations with students that were like, man, fuck the police. Yeah, I get that and i and i asked him why and and he was kind of taken back and you know i i don't know if uh, if anybody's ever actually asked him that well why why fuck me yeah, he's like cuz <laughs> like, nwa said so right? cuz i'm right here second <laughs> of all why though it's like i just get really offended like rude but i was like why 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 fuck why do you hate me well cuz Crooked ass cops. They beat the shit out of my dad when they arrested him, and he did this, and and they've just always been bad in my family. I was like, oh, well, I I I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I was like, but I I didn't do that. I was like, I'm just sitting here trying to talk to you, and and I think it's those. And we ended up talking on our way to. I took him to class. I I walked with him to class, and we kept talking. and yeah, and it was a real instance where I, I managed to talk to a kid who hated cops for, you know, if if they were tr- if it was true statements for, you know, I don't blame him. Like if I saw a bunch of guys wearing badges and guns being the shit out of my dad, I probably wouldn't like him or trust him either. But the fact that I was able to make a connection with him and tell him, I was "Like, look, I understand you feel the way that you do, and I I get it. I I genuinely understand." But we're not all bad. I I promise. I mean, yeah. you got my pudgy ass over here huffing and puffing with you walking up this hill trying to talk to you about it but it's 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 all i think all of our problems in modern policing today go back on the hiring process and seeing a douchebag with a badge and a gun when he doesn't need to have a badge or a gun
1: and that is a fantastic way to kind of hopefully make a great segue into the next one because I wanted to get into some of the more systemic problems but I feel like it was good to bring up that I particularly think about those specific moments where you make Mm -hmm. people, if any amount of people, even just one person more comfortable with a cop that he could help sometime down the road like, and, yeah. That, but those things mean a lot, but they contrast to the point that we're having this entire conversation, which yeah. is like we're having it because trust there <laughs> was a problem and yeah. there's something that can be done and there's hopefully some reforms that can be made. And hopefully in the next episode, we can get into some of the systemic issues uh, specifically mm-hmm. relating actually to hiring. And then we're also going to go into some of the more uh, details from there. I think a big issue is the firing. To be frank,
0: the, the firing, firing is a good or the
1: lack thereof. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if
2: if we hire the right people, we wouldn't have to worry about firing them. That's a, also but a now one. we we are in the place where that's not an option yet. Hopefully, we can get to a point where hiring is our biggest issue. But like like you said, there's and and God knows that I've I've known a few. Luckily enough for me, a very few that I'm like, you don't need to be in this in this job. But I, I I'd agree. There's. If if there is an officer who is showing multiple signs, not not just the big things, not not just you know unarmed person shootings or anything like that, but other things, because there's if you look at them, there's a lot of excessive uses of force behind some of the, these officers in these bigger situations, and the question always arises: Well, why were why weren't these addressed prior to this incident? Like if this guy is an absolute douchebag and he gives you a valid reason to fire him short of him killing somebody, then we need to do that before he actually does. Because like, like I've said a million times to, you know, Blake and Brandon and people in my community, whenever these, these guys go out claiming to be cops and then they do these horrible things and act like assholes, it makes my job so much harder. Like it sucks. I love my job. I love working with kids. You
1: kind of need the public to see you a certain way and uh i
2: look forward to
0: talking about unions and the the role that they play in ha- our particularly our ability to to fire police for mm-hmm. what i deem should be fireable offenses um for most and, people yeah and, <laughs> there, and there are a lot of hangups that seem to be there so i l- i look forward to talking about that Some stuff in the next, episode, getting the next into, episode that's for yeah, sure more of the uh the structural things there and what we can do about them so until then yeah you've been listening to the Thunkin philosophers please check us out on facebook and twitter at Thunkin philo and leave us a review that would be really helpful to help us get out to a wider audience look forward yes, to talking very, to you very next much time so. mm-hmm.
2: where, where, where can our viewers find you brandon in particular and twitter or anything?
0: Uh, me, I'm usually hanging out on Broadway and uh, like Seventh Street or so. Oh, oh, oh wait. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that part of town. Count me in. I, I did. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Cantrell with no vowels in it. B R N. Oh no, how do I even? B R N D N C N T R L L that'd be it It's really hard to spell your own hard. name without any
2: vowels <laughs> you know how hard it was for me to try to follow along with that
0: <laughs> Brendan <laughs> Brendan control be okay like
2: Br- Brendan <laughs> your last name still the same <laughs> effectively Blake, have, you, yeah. have you jumped on the, really the social media bandwagon no I have not <laughs> That's good. you Don't technically you...
1: have the twitter now I, I, yeah right I had the test twitter which I still haven't logged into since we did the uh, <laughs> uh, research <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: And I'm on Twitter as well.
0: Walking uh, Target. I, Isaac has started uh, streaming, right? What are you streaming?
2: Oh, yeah, I'm What's on it? Twitch at Walking Target 52. There's also links to our podcast on there, also. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, first-person shooters and recently Minecraft.
1: Uh, you should give me give me those details. I'll throw them up on the thunk site. Recently and exclusively Minecraft.
2: Ex- yeah, it's it's, it's bad. <laughs> I have got a serious problem right now, and <laughs> it's Minecraft. More cowbell. So, yeah, I'll, I'll send that to you. Like I said, we're, there's links in my Twitch um, bio to Thunkin Philosophers, uh, excuse me, Thunkin Philosophers, um, the podcast and everything. So we're all over. There's no reason why people can't find us. <laughs> you have no excuses. Why, why people. Is hanging out with us? <laughs> <laughs> no excuses, Grandma. We're really nice. We probably... <laughs> I
1: know people anyway. like us just got to know us a little more. <laughs> all exactly. right. Exactly.